The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Bryce Dorsing of Royal Ridge Fruits and Stone Ridge Orchards in Washington State. We'll discuss both of those companies and how one led to the formation of a rapidly growing consumer brand found in major retailers throughout the nation. Bryce and his family have a great story that will not only inspire you, but will tug at your heartstrings for those of us that have worked on or lived on a farm. You'll love it. But first, as we do every week, the news. Some brands you'll hear about today, Walmart, TGI Fridays, and Facebook. Container traffic in West Coast ports was down 2% in May for the same month last year as importers and exporters who had delivered cargo to other ports during the lengthy period of labor labor disruptions and port congestion did not return all of their business to the West Coast. According to numbers published Wednesday on the website of the Pacific Maritime Association, imports increased 2% in May year over year. The total West Coast volumes were dragged down by exports, which declined 6% compared to May 2014. U.S. exports have, de- have declined for more than a year now due to the strong dollar and the weak economies among several major trading partners in Asia, Europe, and Latin America. PMA's numbers are for loaded containers, by the way. And it's apparent the West Coast ports continue to pay a heavy price for the International Longshore and Warehouse Union work slowdowns and Pacific Maritime Association retaliation in the form of reduced freight night and weekend work, all of which added to severe port congestion during contract negotiations. The back and forth continued until a tentative agreement was reached on on February 20th. Walmart has begun asking most of its suppliers for fees to cover the cost of carrying inventory and the use of its warehouses and distribution centers in an effort to cover those costs and apply the fees more uniformly. The fees cover 10,000 of the company's 11,000 U.S. suppliers. Those exempted include providers of things like liquor and perishable items such as produce and flowers, which are treated differently by regulations. Walmart spokesman Molly Blakeman said the communication to suppliers covered three main areas, more closely aligning payment terms with inventory days on hand, bringing consistency to the collection of allowances related to the growth of suppliers' businesses and the use of Walmart's network, including new stores, warehouses, and distribution centers, and aligning allowances with rates of return on defective or unsaleable merchandise. 
This from Supply Chain Brain. The press has been devoted to the negative impact of social media on products and brands, but there's a significant upside as well, provided the companies know how to exploit it. Handled properly, social media can be a rich source of intelligence on an ever-changing consumer taste, helping to determine products, styles, and quantities that are right for the marketplace. According to Peter Akbar, Vice President Chief Customer Officer for Fashion with SAP Companies, need to be paying close attention to social media, which have the power to influence every step of the merchandising supply chain from forecasting through, through manufacturing, distribution, and final sale. Fashion companies, he says, are likely high-tuned, are like high-tuned race cars. Even the slightest edge can prove instrumental to a product's success. He also discussed how companies can integrate social media with their traditional forecasting and planning methods. The bottom line, companies need to start believing in social media. From GMA Smart Brief, Though the flavor standards in ice cream, vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate, and yogurt, strawberry, vanilla, and peach never go out of style, bold, savory, ethnic, and unique flavors continue to gain popularity and grab consumers' interest, especially among millennials. What are their favorite, most popular treats of yogurt? The top five yogurt flavors are strawberry blend, vanilla, plain, strawberry, and peach, according to the recent report by Dairy Management in Roseville, Illinois. But something new and very unique to yogurt is starting to show up. Savory flavors like tomato, sweet potato, parsnip, ginger, curry, and green tea are making their way into the yogurt aisle. The battle to draw millennials' attention on social network has come to this. TGI Fridays were trade you a burger for a tweet. Starting Wednesday, customers can buy a hamburger at the restaurant chain who will receive a code that they can share on their social media networks. The first friend who clicks on the link and snags the code can redeem it for a free burger at any of Friday's locations. Social media has become increasingly important to restaurants seeking to draw guest traffic and connect with younger diners. Daniels has used witty Twitter presence to buoy sales, while Taco Bell's industry-leading mobile ordering app has helped the chain's U.S. business. Chili's Green Grill and Bar, a Friday's competitor, has even revamped the look of its dishes to make them look better on Instagram. Efforts to draw millennials have been worthy of the conversation, said Nick Shepard, Friday's chief executive officer. You have to go beyond relevant and become compelling. Friday struck social media gold last July when it offered $10 unlimited appetizers for the first time. Plenty of millennials were proud to share their experiences with endless mozzarella sticks and potato skins on Twitter and Instagram, Shepard said. After about two months last summer, millennials were 32% of Friday's guests, up from 20% before the promotion. Facebook has made just another change to the burgeoning video advertising business. Effective today, Facebook is testing out sharing video ad revenue with video partners. The move is similar to YouTube's profit-sharing mechanism, and is aimed at the same brands that work with YouTube. According to Variety, Facebook has been quietly running a small-scale test of suggested videos features on its iPhone app, and the social media network will soon roll out inline autoplay ads that appear between the suggested videos. Facebook will keep 40%, 45% of the revenue from those ads and give 55% to partners, the exact split that YouTube currently offers. Brazilian meat group JBS has entered into an agreement to acquire Cargill's U.S. pork business in a deal worth $1.45 billion. That's with a B. The company said the acquisition would enable JBS to meet growing global demand for high-quality, innovative, fresh, and frozen pork products. 
Martin Dooley, president and COO of JBS USA Pork, said the agreement was a strategic investment in the long-term growth of JBS U.S. global pork business. This transaction will strengthen our position as a producer and supplier of all major animal proteins around the world and provide increased opportunities for our producer partners and key customers. The strength and success of Cargill's pork team and hog suppliers, as well as its industry leadership in areas such as animal welfare, exports, bacon production, and innovation were significant and compelling factors that led to pursue the acquisition and enhance our ability to serve our diverse global customer base. McCormick and Company has reported a fall in profits for the first half, with special charges in the second quarter contributing to the decline. Net profit for the first half of the year was $154.8 million, compared to $167 million for the same period a year earlier. Operating income income reduced to $197.5 million, compared to $246 million last year. Sales, however, did increase to $2.3 billion, compared to $2.2 billion last year. General Mills has concluded that the performance of its U.S. brands weighed a full year of earnings in a 12-month period that company described as mixed. Sales in the year dropped 2% to $17.6 billion, although in a consistent currency basis, revenue rose 2%. Total segment operating profit declined 4% to $3 billion, while net earnings fell to $1.97 per share, or $1.97, compared to $2.83 per share in 2014. CEO Ken Powell said the group's performance was mixed with international food service and convenience growing operating profit, but a weak performance from U.S. retail over, overshadowing the result. Commenting on the group's domestic performance, Powell noted, we returned our U.S. yogurt business to growth and our brands gained share in categories representing 65% of our U.S. retail measured sales volume, but overall sales trends reflected the impact of changing consumer food preferences. Whole Food Markets officials on Wednesday acknowledged that the chain had made inadvertent weighing and measuring errors at its New York City stores and detailed a plan to reduce those incidents, including increased training, engaging in third party to monitor progress, and offering customers a free item guarantee. The chain, however, denied allegations of systemic overcharging, as described by the city, the city's Department of Consumer Affairs. The DCA last week announced it was investigating Whole Foods after its audit found 80 varieties of prepackaged products had mislabeled weights and that 89% of those did not meet the federal standard for the maximum amount that an individual package can deviate from the actual weight. Whole Foods said human error was to blame for discrepancies, noting that they most often occurred as a result of preparing fresh foods and stores. This involves team members handling, weighing, and labeling containers of products such as cut produce and fresh squeezed juices. This is who we are and how we deliver the freshest products to customers, but this also means there will be some unintentional human errors. One more time, we're going to go back through. General Mills has conceded that the performance of his U.S. brands weighed in the full year estimated earnings of mixed. CEO Ken Powell said the group's performance was mixed with international food service and convenience growing operating profit, but a weak performance dollar, the U.S. retail overshadowing the results. Our actions to respond to evolving consumer food interests, including Bolstering our natural and organic portfolio with the addition of Annie's helps strengthen our performance, our business performance in the second half of the year. 
this consumer-first product and marketing focus, combined with our significant productivity and cost savings programs, positions General Mills to deliver stronger growth in 2016. Folks, coming up here shortly, it's time for a quick break, but we're going to have Bryce Dorsing of Royal Ridge Fruits and Stone Ridge Orchards. So stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Ditch the Box. Joining us today is my friend, Bryce Dorsing of Dorsing Farms. But first, in the 1960s, Oregon logger Carl Dorsing and his wife Margaret wanted a safer way to make a living and a future for their family. In 1962, the couple bought some land in Royal City, a high desert farming community east of the Cascade Mountains in Washington State. They moved there with their youngest five, I'm sorry, with the youngest five of their seven children living in tents that summer while they're building their new home, their new home was being built. That was the beginning of Dorsing Farms. Over the next five decades, the family has watched it grow to 2,500 lush acres planted with cherry and apple orchards, blueberry fields, and two blossoming business lines of dried fruit and frozen fruit for the wholesale and consumer markets. When they grew up, three of Carl and Margaret's children, Terry, Les and Kurt chose to join their father and make Dorsing Farms a family tradition. 
Today, the three brothers still have a hand in running the business and running the farm, but if the latest have chosen the high desert farming over the big city career paths. Terry Dorsing's son, Bryce and Patrick, and Les Dorsing's son, Kevin and Scott, are the latest in the family to do so. Thanks to the bounty of their cherry orchards, the Dorsings launched the Royal Ridge Fruit Lines for the wholesale market in 2000. They now grow and source cherries and other fruit, then dry and package or freeze and package them for bulk sale. Their bulk customers are fruit industry buyers for commercial bakeries and as canned and fruit, frozen fruit and juice producers. The family now has 1,500 acres and orchards planted with tart cherries, their biggest crop, as well as sweet cherries, apples, and blueberries. Another 1,000 acres at Dorsing Farms is planted with wheat, alfalfa, and seed crops, plus a small peach orchard. In 2004, the Dorsings added a commercial freezer to expand their frozen and cold storage Royal Ridge fruits options. And Royal Ridge began drying the fruit for sale and in bulk to commercial customers in the food industry ingredient market. They added a commercial drying oven at the farm in 2006 to keep up with demand, producing their own fruit along with top quality fruits and berries grown in other locations. The family's natural and organic cherries and blueberries were first packaged and sold in stores and online as Stone Ridge Orchards dried fruits in 2010, moving into the consumer food market. The Dorsings now dry, package, and sell cherries, peaches, blueberries, raspberries, pomegranates, and strawberries under their own Stone Ridge Orchards label. Their natural and organic dried fruit lines have been such a success the family is converting an increasing number of row crop acres into orchards. And they're transitioning more of their orchards to certified organic orchards. And we'll talk about that shortly. And joining us today from Washington State is Bryce Dorsing, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Royal Ridge Fruits and Stone Ridge Orchards, the family's new venture, which is dried fruits for the consumer market. Wow. Bryce, welcome to the show. David, thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks, buddy. That was quite an introduction. And, and after meeting and learning, meeting you and learning about your family history in the farm, the, the lengths you go to grow and provide the best fruits available, along with the charm when you and I talked earlier of the farming life in Washington State, dude, I'm envious. Man, that just sounds incredible. Tell well, thank you. Of, uh, it's a great it, part it, of the country up here. Yeah, I'll tell you what, and every time I talk to you, I, I just kind of get excited to kind of go back to those those days, and I, I swear to God, I'm going to come up there sometime and drive your, a couple of your Massey Ferguson big tractors and uh, uh, just enjoy those days, because that was, that was a wonderful part of my, of my college life. Absolutely. So I, I just wanted to clarify for our listeners, Royal Ridge Fruits is the flagship, and, and out of that kind of evolved Stone Ridge Orchards, is that correct? Can you kind of fill us in a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely correct. Uh, Royal Ridge Fruits is the name of our of our fruit processing uh, division, and and like you mentioned earlier, that was uh, we built that in two thousand. Stone Ridge Orchards is our retail brand of dried fruit, and that was actually one of those at that particular point. Um, Stone Ridge, and again, we'll get into more of that in our second segment. But Stone Ridge was an acquisition per se, instead of starting from scratch. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. We uh, we acquired uh, uh, the the brand Stone Ridge Orchards in 2010, um, and we were looking for a way to uh, get get it all into the retail uh, you know scope of the trade and uh, and take our products uh, upstream and closer to the consumer. Got it. I really do want to dig into that because I think that's a cool story and, and how you guys bought that versus starting it from scratch. But that'll be in our second segment. Sure. So what types of fruits do you do you produce and grow right now? 
Yeah, out on the farm we grow blueberries, uh, we grow tart cherries, we grow sweet cherries and apples, uh, along with a, a number of other row crops uh, as well. Now, do you guys again? The flagship was the or the the cherries were the were the first crop. Is that do I have that right? Correct. Yeah, correct. We 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 are the largest producer on the west coast of uh, what they call a tart cherry, which is uh, uh, we grow a few different varieties out here. We also grow sweet cherries, which uh, is what you find in the uh, in a retail store. Uh, sure. Bean cherry is an example of that. But the tart cherry is the flagship and kind of the meat and potatoes of our business. I'll be darned. And that. Again, it's just unbelievable. The, the, the fact that it's kind of all of this has really kind of blossomed from that tart cherry is a pretty cool story in and of itself. Now, um, I understand back in 2006, you built, or Royal Ridge built its first or its own processing capabilities to freeze and dry your own fruit. Can you share with our listeners what that was like? Meaning, was the dried fruit market something that you guys had heard of or saw as a, a potential market need that you could fill? Absolutely, yeah. We, um, you know, part of our part of our overall strategy is to to take the, the the quality of fruit that we grow out on our farm and, and get that as close to the consumer as we can. And really, in two thousand and six, uh, the dried fruit is was a was a strategic move for us. Uh, we we saw trends that were out in the marketplace uh, and consumers moving toward healthier healthier for you snacking and, and more convenient options as opposed to you know some of the other snack items that were being offered and we also saw it as a great way to you know to continue to our, our product line uh, away from frozen fruit and adding on a, a completely different line that we can sell directly to to retailers and consumers. Now, is there a nutrient difference between and I know that just a quick. I mean, between uh, dried fruit versus frozen fruit? You know, without getting, you know, too technical on it, uh, you know, the dried fruit is definitely a a healthy snack for you. You know, a lot of the nutrients that you have in the fresh and frozen fruit are retained in the dried fruit. And so it's a great on-the-go option for consumers, uh, uh, you know, on-the-go and and as as they're snacking. Yeah, that was it's just something that popped into my head because I just remember so many times in the past people will jump on, oh, you want this flash frozen, you want this flash frozen. But really and truly, I've heard and you just confirmed that that dried fruit really has a lot of benefits on its own. So, so thanks for doing that. Um, now, I, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine or I've got to imagine processing equipment that you guys kind of jumped into to meet your quality standards. That doesn't come cheap. Was that something that you guys – Kind of, I know everything you do, and, and the Dorsing family is kind of this big family discussion per se. I mean, that's a big chunk of change. Was that like this monumental watershed moment for for you guys to kind of get into that 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 piece of the business? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was a huge investment, and uh, you know, for for our family and for our company, um, you know, definitely there was a lot of research and, and things that went into that decision. Uh, but it, it was definitely a, a watershed moment for us, you know, in, in growth and product line offerings and expansion, sure. you know, as we continued on uh, as a company. Now, was that something that you guys, now I know you bought equipment, but are we talking about new buildings, that, house that equipment, or do you, did you have buildings that you were putting that equipment into? I mean, that's a, that's a big-time decision. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not only equipment, we also had to expand our facility uh, you know, to to uh, give us the floor space to to process and dry the fruit. Uh, you know, so it was it was definitely a, a launch into a you know the new product scope, 
um, in, in an investment, you know, both equipment and in building as well. Sure. Now, knowing the Dorsing family and how everyone's involved as the organization, kind of, and I, and I did it at the um, the intro, um, I can't imagine anybody in the Dorsing family ever winging it, if you will. Um, but have you ever, in your wildest dreams, think that it would evolve as it has into the expanded offering of strawberries and cranberries and, and frankly, now even peaches? Sure. I would say in maybe in our wildest, wildest dreams, we had, you know, grandeur plans, uh, <laughs> uh, to, you know, for growth and product expansion. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely it's, it's been a natural progression for us as, as we've, you know, moved away from the tart cherry and the blueberry, you know, things like strawberries and the cranberry and peaches have been, uh, you know, really natural additions to the product line. And again, as we, you know, are focused trying to offer out healthy snacks to consumers, um, who are on the go. You know what's interesting, and I mean this in all respect, you know, one of the things that's that, that the Dorsing family is known, regardless of whether what company, whether it's your um, your flagship or whether it's a Stone Ridge Orchards or whatever, you guys are known out there in the industry as, as this this having this real high quality, real service commitment. Why does this matter, if you will, so much to the Dorsing family and your company? Thank you for that. You know, definitely quality and, uh, you know, in service to our customers. Quality is really the cornerstone of, of, of our growth and how we've been able to build our, our company. Again, it really starts at the, at the, at the farming level and the attention to, to detail and to care of the growing of the fruit that we do out there. We continue that through the processing uh, stages here at Royal Ridge, you know, be that a frozen fruit, be that dried uh, the quality really is uh, what's most important for us. You know, we're selling food. It's important to have, you know, a safe product. It's important for consumers that, that it's transparent. Um, we go through a lot of different third-party and, and government certifications to ensure that we're, we're checking everything out there and, and there's, there's no rock unturned. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're recently GMO project verified. Uh, all organic certification is done by the Washington State Department of Agriculture. Uh, we are SQF certified, which is under the, the Global Food Safety Initiative. Um, you know, and we, we implement, um, uh, you know, good agricultural practices out at the farm level as well as, uh, you know, GMPs here at the plant to make sure that the, the quality standards that we live up to, um, you know, as the family that we feed our kids is sure. carried out our products and offered out there to our customers and into the consumers who are eating our fruit. So it wow. really is the cornerstone of it. It really is the backbone of our company. And you know what? And it's it's one of those things you had mentioned here right before we get into a break. That transparency, and that's that's not just a buzzword to the Dorsing family. I mean, you guys eat and sleep and and, and breathe that. Being transparent and clear and upfront with everybody about what they're buying. I mean, I mean, it's a testament to you guys. Hey, Bryce, we got to take a short break. Um, you agree to join us for the next segment? I appreciate that, by the way. And folks, uh, we're going to step back for a short break, relax, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? 
You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, everyone. We are chatting with my friend Bryce Dorsing, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Royal Ridge Fruits and Stone Ridge Orchards, your own consumer brand. Now, as I mentioned in the earlier segment, Stone Ridge Orchards evolved from Royal Ridge Fruits back in 2010. Now, creating your own brand isn't as easy as many companies thinks uh, or think. Now, in fact, Royal Ridge did the smart thing and bought a the Stone Ridge brand instead of starting it from scratch. Now, Bryce, could you take us back to that time? How did the acquisition take place? Did you know of Stone Ridge? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Tell us what that's all about. Well, we, we were, uh, at that time, we were, we were drawing fruit and selling that into the industrial bakery uh, divisions, and we were looking for an opportunity to uh, get into the retail business. And so the two options we were weighing that you mentioned were uh, starting a, a retail brand or, or an acquisition. Uh, Stone Ridge Orchards was actually a customer of ours. They were buying our fruit uh, in bulk and repackaging it, and just uh, it, we had a, a multi-year relationship with them, and, and just, uh, I guess, as the, as the relationship progressed, uh, the opportunity came up in discussion uh, uh, to, for us to potentially purchase Stone Ridge Orchards, uh, and needless to say, we jumped on that opportunity uh, and, and bought that brand, and uh, that's how we got into retail. And I, I got to believe that that's not something, as anybody um, knows, buying a company, buying a brand um, is not just click your fingers and it's done. I'm, I know there's a lot more to it, but is that a six-month process? Is there a courting stage of a year or is there – I know you had the relationship before, but um, if you were looking back, was that something that kind of you know happened in six months? Did it take a year? Did it take five years? 
Yeah, I would say easily, you know, uh, for us it was fairly streamlined because of the relationship and the, sure. and, uh, that we had, but it was still a six to 12 month process to get everything transitioned over and, and, uh, and moved. And so, you know, definitely, uh, through that, I think the process can be, can be much longer. Uh, but for us, thankfully, it was, it was only, uh, a little over six months. Let's call it that. So let me let me put you on the spot here, and I don't mean this. I mean this in all respect. Would you start it from scratch again, or would you purchase a brand if you were looking back in your uh, post uh, crystal ball, if you will? Uh, I think I think uh, acquisitions are a great, a great w- way to to add on additional product lines or um, you know to grow. Um, you know, it would really depend on on what you're looking to do. Um, in this case. Uh, there were a lot of synergies that were already in place. We were very sure. familiar with the brand. We were very familiar with, you know, the, the brand equity that it had, who its consumers were, and what the message was. So in this instance, it was a good fit. Um, so I, I would definitely explore the acquisition route again. Uh, for us, this was, a, this was a success, and it was a good move for our company. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. Now let's talk a little bit about Stone Ridge Orchards, the, the products themselves. What major retailers can we find um, Stone Ridge Orchards uh, at now? We're, we're in most major retail chains across the country. Um, you know, our products typically found in, in grocery and, and natural specialty supermarket stores. Uh, you know, a few of the retailers that we currently sell to, Publix, uh, Whole Foods uh, on the West Coast and, and in the Midwest, Albertsons is another uh, another sure. ours. So. Now, we've had experts on this show as well as uh, sponsored webinars trying to enlighten folks to be prepared and do your homework when it comes to dealing with major retailers. Can you share any tips or thoughts that you and the Dorsing family may have learned over the years of what works and maybe should be avoided when dealing with the big boys? And, and I preface this by saying that you know, a lot of our listeners are smaller players. Um, a lot of times they have no experience whatsoever dealing with either a broker, because a lot of times the big retailers want you to work with a broker, or dealing with um, the retailers themselves. You know, a lot of times they, they either don't charge enough for their product or they, they're so desperate to get the job that they don't have enough margin in there. Anything, any tips or tricks, tricks that you've learned over the years that you could share with our listeners? Sure. Yeah, definitely. There's there's so many facets in, in involved in selling to retail. You know, you touched on a couple of brokers and, and distribution networks. Um, you know, really understanding uh, what the retailers' needs are, what their demands are. Um, you know, there can be a lot of uh, a lot of costs associated with doing retail, and it's really important to sit down and have a strategic plan of how to how to handle those different challenges that arise. Um, as you're as you're setting up a uh, a network really to service a retail account, um, you know really that 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 first stage of of coming up with the plan is is most important. Um, you know sizing and scaling as as you continue to grow is important. There's things like retailer support. There's marketing efforts. There's distribution efforts and challenges. Uh, new product offerings. All of those things need to go into the plan. Um, you know, so that you really have a full-scale program to offer to retailers and, distribu- and distributors um, as you're launching into that. Now, did Stone Ridge have um, already the existing relationships with the retailers, or is it kind of a combination? You guys had kind of joined forces. I know you were selling to them before, but when the acquisition kind of went down, was it plug-and-play, or were you kind of like thrown into that kind of, hey, we got to 
make those relationships with Albertsons or um, introduce ourselves to Whole Foods? Was it a little bit of both? Yeah, it was definitely a blend of both. Um, you know, we, we, uh, when we took over the brand, uh, you know, it was a fairly black and white transition. So when we took over, we really implemented our own strategy. We did have some accounts that came over with the brand, uh, and, but we really sat down and, and, uh, you know, focused on, uh, what our purpose for the brand was, really setting our brand strategy, and then that from there uh, is, is how we took off to retail and, and implemented our plan from there. Good for you guys. I mean, I, I just, it, it's fun to watch you guys grow because this has been, it's very, very cool. And, and at the end of the day, if you haven't, have, haven't tried anything from Stone Ridge Orchards, do yourself a favor and grab some because it's, there's, I, I, and again, it's, it's, it's second to none. Now, I know, Bryce, you guys started with cherries when launching Stone Ridge Orchards or when Stone Ridge Orchards kind of like went the online brand, if you will. Um, now, that's, involved, that's evolved into mixed berries, strawberries, even chocolate and Greek yogurt-covered fruits. Now, I've tried other brands that do similar things, but nothing, like I said before, tastes quite like a Stone Ridge Orchards type of um, fruit or covered fruit or whatever. Is it the fruit? Is it the chocolate? What is it that makes Stone Ridge kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack? Thank you. Definitely, you know, it's, it's a combination of all those. Again, it really starts with quality of the product. Um, you know, we really focus on, uh, on the fruit that we're going to be drying. Uh, we also have a proprietary infusion system uh, that, that, that yields us the plump fruit uh, that we've developed internally here uh, that looks and tastes great. Um, you know, we, uh, we really focus on quality. We really focus on, uh, on the process and making sure that things are uh, in place so that we can have that consistent product uh, that, that, is, that is second to none. That's really our goal. Uh, we want it to be an enjoyable eating experience uh, for the consumers, and, and it tastes great. Now, are you guys, first of all, I want to touch base back on that real quick. Did you say it's an infusion or a fusion system? Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a, we have a proprietary infusion and drying process is what it's called. Um, Good for you guys. That's very even, cool. That's how we get the, the plump, soft, moist fruit, um, you know, compared to other dried fruits that may be uh, a little bit drier, a little chewier. Uh, or well, little- you're, being, you're being kind, my man. It's kind of like tasting cardboard compared to you guys. So it's uh, good for you. You've got something there, and I would not, I would not give that up for the world because some, your stuff always tastes very, very moist and very flavorful. So that's, that's unbelievable. But take me through the um, the Greek yogurt and the chocolate. Are you doing all that stuff there? Are you mixing this stuff up? I mean, who's coming up with these great flavors and, and ideas and flavor combinations? We we have an R and D team here uh, here at Royal Ridge that really is the uh, the forefront of, of the new products that we offer. Uh, we have partnered with the company uh, that does the chocolate and Greek yogurt coating on the fruit. We and we basically what happens is our R and D group gets with their R and D group. We come up with a product idea that we would launch, like to launch out into the marketplace, um, and then we we we'll, we will send our fruit down to them to be coated. Uh, and we partner with them on the coating and, and the flavor profile that we're targeting, uh, and then they send us back the fruit, and we package it and, and sell it off to our customers. Man, that's that's a great job to have coming up with flavor combinations. Uh, you know, at Stone Ridge, I mean, um, any day you need a um, a guest person to come in, I'm all I'm all in. I'll pay my way out there. You just put me on the R and D staff. I'll, uh, um, man, unbelievable, buddy. Perfect. Perfect. 
Now let's talk a little bit about these, the being a certified organic farmer. We've only had a few minutes left um, on this segment. I'd love it if we could spend a few more minutes after. Would you be willing to kind of hang with us for a few minutes after this segment and just kind of let's go into a little bit further as far as the organic farming and, and, and maybe even some of the marketing piece? Absolutely. That'd be great. So let's, let's take a quick break here. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to wrap up segment number four with my buddy, Bryce Dorsing. So we're going to go to a break. Everybody sit back, relax. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back, everyone, to Ditch the Box, our fourth and final segment of the day, talking with Bryce Dorsing from Stonebridge Orchards and Royal Ridge Fruits. Bryce, before break, we just talked a little bit, or we just kind of touched a little bit on this being an organic farmer or how to become an organic farmer. Um, can you kind of share a little bit about that? Is that a difficult process? Is that, is that you know, well, I guess we should probably even start with what is organic farming and how is it different than other types of farming? 
Yeah, you know, organic farming, it's a, it's a different method of farming. Um, you know, fair, I mean, in general, farming is, is what it is. I think everybody understands that. Uh, but, but organic farming, there's different, there's different levels of certification that go on. Um, it, it's much more regulated, regulated to be an organic farmer. Uh, and you have to do some different things out at the farm level um, to, to meet those regulations. There's a lot of different in, uh, inputs. Uh, there's different fertilizers that you use, uh, and there's definitely different weed and insect management programs as part of that. And, and really in the details of that, those practices is what distinguishes uh, organic farming from conventional farming. Now, is that something that you would have to, um, you know, obviously you can't click your fingers and say, hey, we're, you know, we're certified organic. You have to go through a process, right? You have to really kind of have the documentation along with the, I don't know, samples or soil samples or fertilizer that you use. There's, there's more to it than just, you know, you have to really work towards that. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. It really starts at the at the at the land level. You know, the land. Um, if if the land has been in farm production of conventional uh, farming practices, there's a three year transitional period that you have to go through to become organic certified on that piece of ground. Um, if you're if you're if you're starting from a an unfarmed or what we call a raw piece of ground, uh, the, the the process is a little bit different. Uh, but still, you have to have the land certified, and then you know the the farming practices you know on a continual basis is what. Uh, keeps that organic certification active. And is that something that's handled from the state level? Is that a federal program? I mean, I'm just I'm just clueless. Sure, our 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 organic certification uh, is done by the Washington State Department of Agriculture. Uh, I'm not I'm not uh, well versed on other states and what the requirements would be there, but our certification comes from the WSDA. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm going to segue a little bit here, Bryce. As you know, on this radio show, we discuss marketing, brand building, even flexible retail packaging, such as stand-up pouches and flat barrier bags. Can you tell our listeners how you guys at Stone Ridge Orchards came about buying flexible retail packaging over other styles of packaging like tins or canisters or cartons or whatever it may be? Yeah, definitely. When, when we were evaluating what type of package we wanted to pack our product in, we really were focused on the consumer, you know, um, questions like how is this product going to be used, um, you know, where, where is it going to be stored, and what's going to be most convenient to the consumer. And that's really why we came back to a stand-up pouch, um, you know, for our product. I think it's fascinating that, you know, again, and I, and I mean this in all respect, because oftentimes in our little slice of the business, we get the call in our world of packaging the last minute, the 23rd hour, right? And somebody has gone through a tremendous um, uh, painstaking details to mix a flavor or to make a baking mix or whatever it may be. And then they call at the last minute and go, well, what do we package this with? Uh, what do we do? And, you know, it's one of those sticks in our craw, if you will, because packaging, and you know this as well as anybody, is the voice of your brand. I mean, and if you could have the greatest product in the world and you're, like you're saying, this proprietary fusion process and all this stuff, but if your packaging doesn't stand out and reach somebody as they're walking through a store aisle at Albertson or Walmart or Whole Foods, you're kind of screwed. And the fact that you guys really kind of think about, and that's what we try to tell our clients all the time, is you got to really think about 
who's going to consume your product? How is it going to be used? Or, um, you know, is it, is it, is it, a, you know, is it a mom that's going to stick it into her diaper bag with a young kid on the go? Is it going to be, um, in a hot environment in a car? I mean, how are you going to, you know, uh, reclose this thing? So that's one of those things and you hit it. And I, it just was, it was refreshing to hear that a company actually thought, thinks about that stuff ahead of time. It drives me crazy when I hear about that other stuff. Otherwise, just, just a side note. Now, now, am I correct? I've seen a couple different styles. You have a glossy finish on some pouches and a shiny style of stand-up pouches, you know, along the lines. Are you converting over to matte or are you still with a shiny? I mean, are there different different products that you use, a shiny kind of a finish versus a gloss? I mean, a uh, versus a matte finish? Anything anything come to, come to mind? Yeah, so most of our packaging has uh, has a gloss finish to it. Again, you know, it really ties in with what you mentioned previously. You know, the the finished package really is the communicator to the to the consumer at the retail level, and so. Sure. Whatever message you're trying to communicate, that would need, you know, the, that finish is part of that communication. So uh, a, a matte finish may communicate one thing versus a glossy. Uh, we, we chose a glossy because we feel it, 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 uh, it uh, communicates the high quality of our product, um, and we like the look of it at retail compared to the matte. You know, and both of them, like you said, both of them have advantages, uh, you know, and, and both of them have, I don't want to say disadvantages, both are, you know, there's, there's, different, there's different takes with each one. And, and matte became really popular for a while, and then now Glossy's coming back. And there's something about, if, if, if you haven't seen the Stone Ridge Orchards brand, do yourself a favor and, and check it out, or even buy it, of course, um, as you're walking down the store aisle, because the colors with Glossy on your particular package really do pop. And that's the beauty of A, the way your pouches are printed, and B, the glossy finish, because the colors really jump out at you. And that ties together what we just mentioned a little bit ago. You know, if packaging is the voice of your brand and you got about three seconds to get someone's attention, you better grab it. You know, you better make sure that you get their attention and say, hey, stop and look at me, you know. And um, I just think it's, it's fascinating. And, and, and again, props to you guys because your packaging looks excellent. Thank you. Now, how how often do you recommend um, that somebody refreshes their packaging or their brand presence on a store shelf level? A- any thoughts on that, Bryce, or is that something you guys have kind of crossed that, that path before? Sure, sure. Actually, we we just came out of a out of um, out of a package redesign, and again, it really ties back to. Uh, the communications you're trying to send out there to consumers about your brand um, and, and any kind of product attributes. So one of the big changes that we just went through um, was the the GMO product verification. And so uh, we've now added that uh, that label onto the principal display of our of our packaging, and that warranted a packaging chain uh, change to communicate that to the uh, to the consumer. So, you know, really, it comes back to 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 your brand strategy and, and communication of the brand out there to consumers. And any time uh, you need to update that, uh, you would need to consider doing uh, a, a refresh or a, or a change in the brand image. And again, at this, it, and again, I, I hate to keep going back, but. What's so important with that is as you refresh, especially with flexible retail packaging, as you know, you got to make sure that like you guys did initially, thinking about how the client is going to consume it, thinking about how it's going to be retailed on a store shelf. You got to make sure that your packaging does or effectively protects the product. 
yes, the way it looks and appears on the store shelf is one thing, but how it's protected. Because you got to make sure that, you know, customer one versus customer 500, six months later, you got to make sure they have that same Stone Ridge Orchards, um, you know, experience, which is that, wow, this is delicious and I really like this. I'm going to buy that brand again. And, and, and again, you can't take shortcuts with the packaging. It's just mind-boggling to me when people try to do that. Ugh, don't get me started on that. Now, Bryce, I know that you just returned um, and the company just returned from the fancy food show. Tell us what your experience has been like with, with th- those types of shows, the private label show, natural product shows. Is that something you guys have as part of a, I guess you could say, strategy? Or is that something that has that been effective for you guys or something that – is one of those just necessary evils, if you will, about the marketing world. Sure. Absolutely. We had a great, uh, a great time and a great show at the Fancy Food Show in New York. Um, we, 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 we think trade shows are a great opportunity for us to uh, launch new items. We get good exposure and feedback uh, and interaction with our customers uh, as well as our, our consumers of the end product. Um, you know, there's, there's opportunities to, uh, to grow our, our brand and our sales uh, through meeting new, um, you know, retailers or distributors or buyers of our product. So we, we really, uh, we really uh, attend a lot of trade shows as part of our marketing program and feel that they're a great benefit to us, um, you know, as we're growing our brand and, and getting our name of Stone Ridge Orchards out there. And that's that's good to know because a lot of times, and um, you know, the trade shows get a bad rap. And and you're the second or third person I've I've talked with or interviewed since the fancy food show, and everybody really has kind of it's almost like it's come full circle, right? It's uh, it's so interesting that. People are now saying, hey, I really, really like that trade show. We got a lot of leads from it or we had a lot of traction from there. And 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 I think in this day and age where the Internet and everything else is kind of just, um, you know, it, it, it kind of took front stage there for a few years. Now the traditional trade show, go and meet somebody face to face, is really kind of a refreshing change of pace. And and um, And that's really, really cool. So good for you guys. Hey, Bryce, that's all the time we've got. It's been great for myself, for our listeners, and I'm really grateful for you taking the time. I really hope you'll come back soon, and I'm going to continue to pick your brain because I'm coming out to see you in Washington State. So thanks again. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. And I I wish you, your family, your company nothing but the best. And don't forget, I worked on farms, so I'm coming out to ride that massive couple of massive Massey Ferguson tractors or whatever it is you guys drive out there. That was the old, that's the only name I could remember. John Deere isn't really big in the farming industry, the big farming, is it? I think it's more Massey Ferguson, right? Yeah, there's Massey Ferguson and John Deere and Case International. Uh, <laughs> you can have your pick. We'll, uh, we'll, save, we'll save one for you. <laughs> You're the best. Hey, and thanks to my producer, Jamie Berling, and our executive producer, Winnie Winston Price, back in Mission Command, Command and Voice America. Thanks, Winston. Folks, until next time, remember, it's your product. Package it properly. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Maranak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.